Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Go Blue with Stu podcast. I am your host, Stuart Douglas. Today, we got a special guest, Chris Hunter, former U of M center, now director of basketball operations for the team this year and for the last few years. Chris, how's it going, man? I, I, I think we can report this. You're in Champaign, Illinois, correct? We are in Champaign, you know, touched down a couple hours ago, and uh, it's going good. Like I said, we're, we're excited to, you know, be on the verge of playing another game. So it's good. how's the last week been? Last week has been uh, it's been interesting to right. say the least. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's dealing with it, and, and we're we're no different than anybody else. So, you know, you take those lumps, and you know the team has been pretty good with their spirits and, and, and their work ethic coming in every day. So, you just do what you can do. You can control what you can control. Are you guys? Juwan said I heard a quote or read a quote saying something to the effect of not really having enough guys to even go five on five. Like, are you guys just going day by day being like, well, we'll see who we got. Yeah. I mean, and even, you know, just leading after the guys, you know, who had a couple of positive tests and just, you know, guys just normal this time of the year, you get some sicknesses, you get different yeah. stuff like that that has guys out or, you know, guys has a sore back here and he's limited. So, you know, some of those normal things that you have during the season, it's, it's just tough when you add that COVID thing on it. So, We've been making do, you know, get some three on three, some four on four, and you just you just keep them moving. The NBA guys love the three on three. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that real quick. And I was like, oh, so I'm gonna get exposed in these workouts real quick. Hey, it puts a lot of pressure on that individual defense and that spacing. So I mean, it's always been a good thing for us to to do that anyway. So yeah, for good. sure. Are we are we rocking the black jerseys tomorrow? Did I see that right? uh I, those jerseys they're as close to black as you can get okay uh, okay so i was wondering we'll, we'll, we'll say pitch the official color is pitch navy gotcha gotcha so about as close as black as you can get um, were you uh did you have any inside info on the development of that has this been like a work in progress because these are cool like i i wanted gray jerseys first of all and then like these pitch would be really cool as well and i never got anything yeah. really super cool but i mean since I first got back with the program, I, you know, that was one of the things I was really excited about, you know, trying to have a hand in some of that stuff. And black jerseys was one of the things like, yo, we got to we got to find a way to get this done. And uh, yeah, also, it's funny that you said that, you know, the gray ones as well. That that was something I tried to push for a couple of years ago that didn't didn't happen. So yeah. maybe we can uh, we can try to get that done. But you just got to you got to ease us into it. You know, pitch Navy as close to black as you yeah. can get. And we're trying to do some some good and fun stuff. And uh, Jawan is all for, you know, kind of pushing the limits and doing some fresh things here. So, you know, it's some things we got some ideas on and hopefully we can, uh, we can get done here in the near future. Yeah, especially as a player, like any suggestion I was going to have would be like 10 years down the road anyways, like progress gets slowly made. So that was never going to work for me. But I always like watched West Virginia's teams and they had the gray and they had the blue and yellow trim. And I was like, that would look beautiful on Michigan's court. But then they just went to the highlighter yellow that one year. And I was like, all right, yeah. I, don't I don't know about all yeah, this. Yeah, but... highlighter yellow. I mean, I, I went as far as having some little mock-up designs of some great Oh, you, you went all for it. Those are still in the file. So if we, if we can never get them done, I mean, I thought they looked pretty sweet. I, I love that. See, yeah, we got we got like minds. I never went as far as making some mocks, but yeah, those are yeah. I appreciate. No, I, was, that. I was trying to get it done. I was trying to get it done. Yeah. So how are we? How is the team feeling? You know, with guys in and out, it's tough. Um, you know, this team has been trying to find their identity as the year goes on, anyways. And you got a lot of young guys coming into the mix. 
you know, how have they been feeling the last couple of weeks? You know, there's been some progress in certain games, obviously not some wins that the guys would like that we would all like, but I feel like there's been some progress made, but now with this whole COVID thing, you know, how, how is the team looking? How are they feeling? How are spirits? Yeah, spirits are good. I mean, we, we got competitors in the locker room and, you know, a lot of the guys who are clamoring for opportunities are now going to get those opportunities. You know, yeah. practice, you're getting more reps. And, uh, and obviously in these games, you know, we're going to need healthy bodies and guys who are, who are ready to go and who've been practicing, you know, for this past week and things like that. So guys have been good. I think, you know, for us, it's all about the process of every day getting 1% better. You know, when you look out and fans want to see all the success that we had in the previous seasons and sometime that timeline, you know, is just pushed back a little bit and you just got to keep grinding and keep working. But I think our staff and everybody loves the group that we have in the locker room. These guys come in and work every day and you just try to speed up that learning curve and, and build those habits, those winning habits for our guys so they can go out there and, and do that stuff on the court without thinking about it, you know. So now yeah. guys are learning what, what they don't know. They understand what they need to do, but it's, it's when that when that stuff comes second nature and you can do those things on the court consistently without thinking about it, that's when you have a really good, really, really good winning uh, team. So I think we're on the verge of that. Guys are working, guys are attentive, and we've been excited about the energy that they've been trying to bring. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And because a lot of people have been asking me, like, why, why hasn't this team had the success that, you know, everyone had vision for them? First of all, it's not the same team as last year. You have those expectations. But that was a big point that I try to make to people is like, you got a lot of guys like trying to learn that second nature. So, you know, I, I try to speak about it from having a little bit of perspective of playing, but not being in it, but you're in it and you see it like these young guys, it, people, guys need time. Like, you know, even if you're, even if you're like playing really well as a freshman, you're still not doing everything super right. It takes a long time to still have those things become second nature. And then you're not thinking on the court and, you know, I won't ramble on too long, but a guy, a guy like Caleb, where he's, thinking a lot on the court and for a guy who's supposed to show talent talent that shouldn't think like there's mm -hmm. like guys like lebron like they can do it but like talent should just be talent and so it's hard to explain to fans sometimes that sort of perspective but but give me your your perspective on that and the, the melding of all these guys trying to figure out as they go yeah i mean like you said you know when you compare different years in different areas that's when you always kind of get in trouble anyway yeah i mean Last year, we lost a lot. Yeah. When you talk about, you know, the pros on your team. And then when you take it a step further, you talk about those culture guys who are in the locker room, your seniors, your CJ Baird, your Luke Wilson, your Ricos, you know, all of those guys who've been through it for three and four years who can help lead and help hold every, everybody accountable. So when you look at this team, you got a lot of really good high-end talent. Um, you got a lot of young guys who are, you know, learning on the fly um, and you see those bright spots and then you see some spots where dang they just made that mistake and then at this level when you make those mistakes good teams and good coaches take advantage of those so yeah as we go throughout the season we keep learning we keep teaching the thought and the goal is just to, to minimize those and like I said before just have those winning plays become second nature with those guys and then like you said the thinking comes out of it your talent level, your skill level, all of the things you've been doing all your life, that stuff takes over. Um, and then you can start playing a little bit more freer. But like I said, our guys are always in the film, always willing to learn. And I think, you know, at a certain point, all that work you put in it is going to, uh, you know, come to fruition and build fruit for you and let you be able to do what you need to do on the court.
Yeah, no, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting uh, for my guy, Brandon Johns, to, to go off. I, I love Brandon Johns, and he's gotten really? a lot of, I won't say hate, but, you know, some critiques. And I just think he's uber talented. And I'm, if you can relate to Juwan, like Stewart says, let, let Brandon Johns go, because I'm waiting for him to kind of have the end of the season they kind of had last year. Like, you see that confidence. We won't get into it, but I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear you say, like, certain guys, we need to step up and they'll get those opportunities. And that's always fun to watch, um, yeah. you know, because there's so many guys in this team that can step up like that. So we'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, today when this episode comes out. Um, I want to get into some of your playing career a little bit, but, you know, I want to talk about your time right now as Dobo and, and kind of a little bit of post-career up until now. Um, mm -hmm. You have a very unique perspective playing under Amaker, and then you worked under Beeline for a little bit and now working under Juwan and you have this whole, you know, succession of coaches and you've been there and like maybe you and uh, Blue have been there for like the entire time and maybe and Lisa, <laughs> I think in the office, but like otherwise, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. know too many other people, you know, how have you seen, um, you know, this is kind of a broad question, but like uh, likes, comparisons, um, sort of the differences between all these guys and, you know, what makes them, successful yeah i mean all of them are different in their own senses mm -hmm. but i think the, the general theme of all of these guys that they're really genuine people who really care about the people who are in their locker room the people who are on their staff and you can feel that and then you know all those guys are are good just basketball knowledge like you know coach amaker was a really really good coach really good people person you know cared about everybody in the office and and, and on the team and you you feel that and that, that builds buy-in for everybody and you try to do what you need to do to be successful for him. And I think, you know, everybody from Coach Beeline to Coach Howard has those same type of uh, characteristics and it, they just go about the game in the right way, you know? So, you know, Coach Amaker was good at that. Coach Beeline was, you know, super, super detailed, mm -hmm. as you know, and, and just everything about, you know, doing things the right way and the basics and the fundamentals and really, really keeping everything in a straight and narrow. And then Juwan is, is similar in that way, but gives you a little bit of freedom and, and, and it's a little bit more up-tempo and up-paced. But when you talk about those details and really teaching the way that the game should be uh, taught to an individual and breaking down the why, you know, we're doing stuff. Why is this important for me, to, my foot angle to be this way? Why is it important for me to be right here yeah. And not one step over. So I think all of those coaches in their own way were really, really great teachers. And that, you know, when it boils down to it, you know, as a coach, you know, you teach the game of basketball, you try to motivate, you try to get the best out of those, those guys on your team. And I think everybody who I described and who I've been a part of have been a really, really good teacher of the game yeah. of basketball. Definitely. You, when your playing career ended, you came back to Michigan uh, to be the director of program personnel. Um, got promoted into director of basketball operations, but, you know, after playing, you're kind of figuring out what you want to do. What made you, this might seem like an easy answer for some people. What made you come back to U of M? Well, for me, it was, you know, I was coming off, you know, my career, I was coming off two major devastating injuries. So I, I tore my Achilles uh, actually on Christmas day. Oh. <laughs> in Fort Wayne, Indiana, playing for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. So this was uh, the season after I um, had a season with the Golden State Warriors and was really trying to, you know, get back at it and carve myself out, you know, a nice little career there and, and you know, try to, you know, propel myself into a, you know, a longer NBA stint. 
And unfortunately, you know, had that injury, you know, which is a, a devastating one. It, it, it takes a, a year to come back. So came back from that um, rehab, and that was a tough rehab. Actually did a lot of that stuff down there in Indianapolis with uh, St. Vincent Sports Performance. Oh, yeah. Uh, which people. is really good. So really good people. Um, and uh, just, you know, coming back from that and was in a summer league with the Clippers and tore my other Achilles. So that was tough. <laughs> so, you know, then had another surgery and rehab and came back from that and was back with the Mad Ants. You know, I, I give all the, the respect and the props for them to, for giving me those opportunities to come in there and you yeah. know, try to make the most of it. But um, just wasn't quite right, you know, um, as far as my body. And really, at that point, you start like, OK, I, I really need to start thinking about, you know, what's the next steps? Um, and uh, I had, you know, a, a child on the way. Mm. I was looking to say, hey, do I want to go overseas and play and, you know, wherever that may be, China or, you know, had a lot of opportunities, but just um, really just reaching out to stay a part of the game. And I, and I reached um, out to uh, Brian Townsend, mm. who I had met and, you know, had some rapport with over the years. And BT yeah. was always one of those guys who's willing to help out in any way. So just reaching out for some advice about, you know, hey, how do I how do I get into this thing? How do I crack into it? I want to stay around the game. This is what I'm thinking. This is where I'm at in my career. And uh, luckily, you know, a couple of weeks after that opportunity came up with, you know, CJ Lee, who uh, was in that program personnel position, took the assistant coaching job at Marist. And, you know, the rest of, from there is kind of history. Got a couple uh, interviews with Coach Beeline, was able to meet him out <laughs> on the road in Fort Wayne, actually, when he was out recruiting. So I was in uh, I was in Carmel, Indiana, and drove up to Fort Wayne real quick to meet him before he hopped on a on a flight to go from you know Fort Wayne recruiting to somewhere else he was going, and you know had some good rapport, and it, it kind of you know came from there. So you know coming back home to Michigan was a no brainer for me, and coming under a Hall of Fame coach like Coach Beeline was a no brainer yeah. as well. Quick shout out to BT. BT is my point of reference. He's my go to guy for U of M. Like I love Appreciate that man. You. He he is the best. But the these uh, interviews, were, were, were they, uh, you know, not strict? Were they, was he, like, a, pretty serious in some of these interviews, Beeline? You know what? It was pretty serious. It was funny because I, I met him, like, at an FBO um, that he was about to fly out at, and, and it was some, like, weird conference room. So yes. he was, yeah, they're weird. It was, yeah. like, he was way on that side of the table, and I was on this side of the table. And I came in with my Michigan hat on, and, you know, but it was really good. I, I You know, I just, it was basically about, really just learning more about me and my story and mm-hmm. going from there. And so it was really good. You know, he's, he's a really good dude to talk to and, and more down to earth and, and, and funnier than what, you know, people would think if you don't know him from the outside. So it was good. Yeah, no, I always tell people, like, if he let loose, he would be one of the best color commentators in oh, yeah. basketball. Like, he no, is dude. super funny. <laughs> he's just so buttoned up. He won't let people, you know, he, he, sure. he do not want to say anything mean. But, man, he is, he is pretty funny. For sure. You, you played at U of M uh, from 2002, 2006. Like, I just missed you, which is crazy to me. And I started in 08. Um, you guys had so, a lot of talent and some good teams. And I think, was it 06? Uh, you guys won in 04, the NIT, just missed the tournament in 06. You guys started out really hot in the Big Ten. Um, but I was looking, and you, you guys finished the Big Ten pretty tough and didn't make the tournament. It was super close. But were you injured in those last few regular season games? So I got um, that season, I got a high ankle sprain, um, (laughs) 
one of my I, one of my teammates, Javon Shepard. I'm gonna call him now. Oh, I played with Javon. I love so Javon. He was he was he was a, he was a young fella. Oh. And he like took a charge on somebody and kind of, of fell back right on my leg. So it was like towards the middle, early beginning of that that Big Ten season. So I you know I was out for for a few weeks there trying to come back from that. And then was able to, you know, get healthy enough to to come back and, and have a really, you know, pretty good stretch down the stretch there um, that year for us. So, um, yeah, that, that year we made it to the NIT championship final, but lost that one uh, to South Carolina. And they had a couple guys, Ronaldo Balkman, who was a pro and yeah, other guys on there who, who turned out to be pros as well. But uh, so it, it was, you know, it was it was a good run. And we had some really good teams there. We had some things and some hiccups as far as, you know, some stuff, injuries and, and some other stuff with our with our group. But as far as a talent base and what Coach Amaker was able to kind of bring in and get started and kind of get re-jump started with everything that was going on um, in, in Michigan basketball, you know, when I first started. My first year, we were still under a tournament ban from all the other stuff that went on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that year we finished fourth in the Big Ten, so probably would have had an opportunity to make the tournament that year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything. I think, you know, the guys that Coach Amaker brought in were very talented, hardworking guys, but it was one of those those periods where you have to build. So you got to go through some lumps and, and some bumps, and, and we had some successes, had some failures, but um, I think we we set you know Michigan on on a good good path to kind of continue to build and you know what Coach Beeline did is you know speaks for itself and what Juwan is doing now speaks for itself. So yeah, I'm happy to be a part of all of that. It was, it was no, great. for sure. I don't I don't think your your group and Amaker get enough credit for the kind of talent they brought in and sort of the progress that was being made. Um, I mean that's just sports in general. Like yeah you know, you're going to be forgotten in those senses, but you can speak to it. I always say that coaches just don't get a, enough of a chance, especially at the college level when you have so much turnover. And I mean, I, I remember graduating and people telling me Beeline could have gotten fired in my, my junior year. And I was like, why? It doesn't make any sense from the inside. And so I feel like Amaker probably got a, a bit of that as well. And, you know, Beeline did fantastic, but, you know, Amaker is, is a good coach in his own right. And you saw that from your perspective. So like, speak on what you guys were doing and like building and like, I mean, you, you were super talented and weren't even getting the most shots. Like you guys had a lot of talent and you guys were really building there and got snake bit. So like, there's some things that you guys were doing well, like Amrica just doesn't get enough credit for it. You guys don't get enough credit for it. Yeah. I mean, he recruited his butt off, you know, he had a staff yeah. that really recruited his butt off and, and got some talent in the building. You know, we got McDonald's all Americans. Before, you know, this recent year, Daniel Horton was the last, one of the last McDonald's All-Americans to come to Michigan. So he, he got those guys and we had high-end talent. And uh, I think we were just trying to build something that was, you know, that was going to be sustainable and, and just kind of come in and play hard and, and do it the right way. Um, you know, for us, like I said, it was just some, some injuries here, some, mm -hmm. you know, off the court thing and that stuff. You know, any kind of monkey wrench that you can throw in something, it, it, it hurts you. Um, but like I said, we were able to put a banner up in 2004. So, yeah. you know, it's national championship NIT, but it, it's hey. up there. And I tell our guys, I say, hey, look up there. We, we put that banner That's up. That's my hair. So, you know, so you, so you take those type of things and, and you're proud about them. And uh, But when you think about our era, like we didn't have the PDC, like as far as 
all, all access to come in and get probably even good yeah like for us if we wanted to get extra shots up we sometimes i had to go to the im building or the ccrb or you had to you know bribe one or somebody like that to let you in at midnight because there was so much other stuff going on it was wrestling it was gymnastics it was volleyball sometimes so you know you didn't didn't have that all access to go in and work on your game like these guys have and so it was one of those things where you know we did what we could do with what we had and it was it was really special back then you you didn't know the differences between like what you have now and what we see that we have now and those and the opportunities that those afford you to just be a better basketball player be a gym rat you know be in the gym more maybe you you, yeah. you don't go out to that party and get in the gym and get some extra shots up or something like that so um, I thought it was very special, special group, talented group, guys, a lot of guys who played professional basketball for a long, long time, uh, whether it was NBA or overseas. So, um, you know, I'm very proud of our group and, and what we were able to do and kind of get started. So it was good. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I have some bitterness in that regard. I remember when uh, Stauskas and Karis LeVert uh, were developing and becoming better and better players, and they kind of highlighted their practice schedule after hour stuff and I was like yeah these guys get access to the PDC with cards and like you know my summer before my senior year like we had to do the IM building stuff and we didn't even get the PDC until the season started and I was like what am I gonna ask University of Michigan to open up the IM building at 10 p.m I was like I can't do that stuff but yeah no they these guys got it got it real easy now but uh mm -hmm. yeah well you got to take pride in, in building that stuff up yeah. Um, you talked about playing overseas, and I, and I wanted to talk about your journey. You have a very interesting perspective on post-college basketball. You know, I, I looked up your your journey a little bit overseas, and it lasted a year, but you went to Switzerland first and then left before the season started. What happened with that? Yeah, just really uh, the Switzerland had a, a little better opportunity to go and play, play in Poland. Okay. Um, so it was really kind of starting out in training camp there in Switzerland um, and then playing in some early preseason games. And then really a, a, a great opportunity in Poland to play in a little better, better yeah. league, um, a little better team came about. So, I mean, that was great, both of those opportunities. I mean, going to Switzerland and we had training camp up in the mountains and we running through trails and all that stuff. So <laughs> all those experiences were good, but really had a great opportunity to join a team that was a little bit higher level um, over there in, in Poland with a, with a little higher level league. Um, so how was that, that? That was what that was. That, that was pretty good for me. Yeah. How was that Poland experience? I think they got a good league. I, I know a lot of guys that have jumped off from the Polish league and yeah. gone on to do great things. Have you, you have a pretty good experience or any any fun Euro stories? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a great experience. I was in a little small, it was a smaller town up near the Boston Sea called Koshalin. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that, that was a great experience because you know, it's really your, your first time away from home in that sense, and you're way over in a different country, and you gotta first and foremost ex ex expand your your food palette. You know, you can't yeah. you gotta eat what's available, what what's what's in the local you know town and shops. And I remember it was I think it was like a KFC or something that was like an hour, maybe fifteen away. So when we could get over there to KFC, I would go get 50, 60 wings and bring them back and eat on those for a few days. But you know, just from a culture standpoint. It was good. I had some really, really good teammates uh, on that mm. team, which made that experience fun. You know, the, the, the Polish guys as well, as well as the, um, the Americans that was on the team. There was some really, really good guys on the team that made that experience really, really fun. 
Um, so I wouldn't trade that in for anything. And I, you know, and, and I played well. It, you know, those two a days, those three a days that you that you have every you know week in and week out, it kind of builds that work ethic that you didn't know that you were able to do um, yeah. before. Like I, I never really experienced that. You know, going into the process, the draft process, a little bit preparing for that, but being in the season and playing one game a week and, you know, five days of the week, you're practicing two, three times a day. Yeah. Um, was an eye opener for me. And I think it really, you know, gave me the confidence that I could really achieve some, some different stuff and gave me the confidence that I can reach high levels. And, yeah. You know, I a lot of credit to, to that, to that team in Poland for that. I had some success over there, played well. And I was like, yo, if I really put this type of work in consistently, I can get to where I need to go. And my, my ultimate dream was the NBA. Yeah, it's like a different you, – you think you're grinding in college, but it's like a just a different type of grind when you go over there. It's just, it's just a little bit different. But I remember my first year I played in Spain, and we did two days about three times a week, and it was March, and I am, like, dead. It's, like, middle end of March, and I'm, like, dead at one of these two-a-days. It's, like, a Tuesday. We play Fridays. And Coach is, like, why are you tired? You are 22. Like, why, why are you tired? And I was, like – Coach, last year in January, I was practicing 45 minutes, like, and I was barely doing <laughs> drills because I was a senior. Like, what? Yeah. I am dead. This is the longest I've ever, like, consistently played basketball for this many hours. But you went your second year to to Belgium, uh, and Belgium's a little more, I think, American-friendly. Did you have a good time there? Great time there. I was in uh, Leuven, so, you know, kind of a smaller little college town, and, mm -hmm. you know, where they, where they brew Stella Artois. So I got <laughs> my first introduction, you know, to that. And yeah partook in that a little bit i'm drinking one right um, now actually oh there you go see <laughs> there you go no it's really good um so no that, that was great too um great opportunity they had you know a little better facilities and, and stuff like that um to to work with so that, that that was fun um unfortunately for me i had another injury there too mm -hmm. kind of sprained my mcl for a little bit and was trying to come back from there and then from there just made the decision to come home i was like i'm gonna come home and I, from that point, I just grinded. I was, you know, I went up, I went back home to Gary, Indiana and was upstairs in my, my parents' attic. And I just grinded. I, I went to uh, a fitness center that was probably about 20, 20 minutes away um, in Cherville and just really just grinded, got my body right. I was probably um, about 240 when I came back. And then at the end of that whole thing, whole summer, I was probably about 255, 260. Damn. Um, really just got my body together and was stronger, more athletic and, and worked on my game. And then said, let me take this shot at the at the G League and got an opportunity with Fort Wayne right up the street. And from there, it just really kind of took off for me. Uh, just made that decision just to just invest in myself and work on my body and was able to play well enough in Fort Wayne to, you know, be a G League All-Star and ultimately get that call up at the end of the year that turned into, you know, the, the next thing. And then, you know, a, a season with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get into that, but I always ask everybody if they have like a memorable European story, whether it's fans or like <laughs> a difference in culture or language. You, you got like one that's on the top of your mind? Yeah, I mean, for me, I would probably say it was the, the transition from Switzerland to Poland. Um, when I left there, um, just going straight from Switzerland to Poland to meet the team. So I was supposed to meet their GM pick me up from the airport I was like on the last flight into Poland to whatever regional airport I was in so I was as I was getting off the plane they're like shutting off the lights oh, in the God. airport 
So I get my bag and I'm like, okay, they're shutting off the lights. People are shutting down. There's like two people left. And I go outside and I'm waiting and I'm like, okay, he's supposed to meet me. And then I, I see the workers, they lock the door up, they get in their car, they leave. I'm still waiting. I'm like, okay, he's supposed to be here about, you know, 30 minutes ago, hour ago. So I was like, okay, there's a, there's a, uh, a pay phone. Let me, let me call my agent, see if we can get in contact with their GM to see like what the heck's going on. So I call him and, and he gets in contact with somebody on the team. And uh, the GM that was supposed to pick me up got held up in Belarus picking up another player with some type of train something or he got held at the border and and wasn't going to be able to pick me up. So I'm in Poland in this small town and really nobody spoke English. So I, I flagged down probably one of the last cabs that was that was there and was like, yo, just take me into town. So I, I took myself into town and he took me to like this hostel looking place. Oh no. And this was like right when those like hostile movies was coming. It might have been like hostile yeah. or something was out at that time. So I'm yeah. like, oh, man, what the heck? So I get a room and I'm in the room. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. So let me go out here and see if somebody could, you know, help me kind of get in contact with the team because my agent had gave me a number to try to call um, to see if I can get in contact. So I'm, I'm going around the town and I'm, and I'm looking and I'm trying to see what's open, what's available. And I look in this one place and it looks like it's a wedding reception or something going on. So I just kind of like creep in and was like, hey, does anybody speak English? 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 <laughs> yeah, I need some help English. So there's a couple guys who spoke some English and, you know, kind of helped me um, get to another phone and dial and use it and call some people and um, let everybody know where I was. I didn't really know where the heck the hostel was. You know, I didn't yeah. know the address. And I'm like, so they, they helped me kind of get me set up for the next morning for them to come pick me up. But that was one of those experiences where I was like, I was ready to call them like, yo, just, just send me home. Like, what, what the heck is going on here? They got me stranded. Nobody here to pick me up. It's, I don't speak no Polish and nobody speaks English. So that was one of those unique, just kind of got to, you know, figure it out, get it done and <laughs> make something happen. So that was probably one of my most unique experiences over there. Everything else is probably a little bit uh, not, not PG to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. Those are off air. I got plenty off air that I, I like, I think that I've like heard every story and that's one of the most unique welcome stories that I've ever heard. Just, I don't know how you actually did that. Cause I'm too shy. I would have just been like, well, guess I'm in this hostile bed for the night. Then just yeah, it was, I was like, I gotta make something happen. So let, let's go. Yeah. I said, I'm 6'11". I'm, I'm about 250. Let me, if something happens, so, I can, yeah. I can handle myself, but you know, it, you know, that, that was crazy. That was crazy, but you know, That's funny, funny story, but yeah. Yeah, but after that, you talked about how you went to the Mad Ants. Um, and then in 2009, you got your chance at the NBA. You became a rookie. You played, you know, that season with them. That must have been just, I mean, a hell of an experience going from a hostel in Poland to fulfilling NBA dreams. I mean, that had to be a couple years of a lot of mental fortitude to say the least yeah i just like i said i just made a decision just to put my head down and just grind you know it was something that like when i was in poland and I, when i was in playing in switzerland I, I got that confidence that hey yo I, I can i can do this i think i'm a i'm that type of level of player if i can if i can put this the necessary work in so just you just put your head down and just go for it at that point that's what you've been working for your whole life and working towards. And it's the game that you love. So you go for it, you, you go all in. And and luckily for me, I was able to, you know, have that experience. So, you know, that, that was awesome. You know, 
my, my first full year with the Golden State Warriors was Steph Curry's rookie year. So mm-hmm. just being a part of, you know, seeing the genesis of what he's become now. And I was watching the game earlier on TV, getting their bus kicked right now. But uh, just just seeing, being a part of that, you know, you, you grow up, you watch all of it on TV. And now I'm sitting in these same locker rooms with these same guys and, and, and you know, doing, holding my own too. So that, that, that was awesome for me. Yeah, take me through real quick that experience, putting on that jersey, checking into the game for the first time, like, oh, shit, like, these are the bright lights. This is what I've worked my butt off for, and it's finally here. Because not many people get to experience that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great. It was like a dream come true. Um, you have a little nervousness, a little jitters. But I was extremely confident, you know, because I, I put in the work, and, and, and I was extremely confident that I can go mm-hmm. out there and be – you know, impactful in the game. And uh, my first game was actually against against Greg Oden. Um, it was at home um, against the, the, the Blazers. So it was like, okay, just throw you right into a fire. I mean, you know, back, that was before a lot of his injuries had set in. He was like a, a dominant, dominant player. But, uh, just, Chris, you know, I had to play him in high school. He, he, I mean, in high school, I had to play him. Yeah, no, it was crazy. I, I followed him, you know, me being from Indiana as well. Just yeah. followed those guys and Conley and no, they, they were monsters. So that that was a, a great experience. And, you know, came in and, and did my own. Hit my first couple shots and, and some dunks and set some screens and, and went from there. What uh, Hold on real quick. What AAU team did you play for? Because you had to go up against them in the AAU circuit, yeah? No, so they, they were a little bit after me. So I played for uh, SYF. Okay, I played for SYF for a year, actually. Yeah, and then I also played for Bloomington Red. That was the Nike team back okay. in the day when – so, and then I did have a little brief stint with the, with the speech too. So I was kind of all over. Yeah, all over. Most, all over. As most people are. <laughs> How'd you fare that, that first night against Greg? Did well. Like I said, I think I probably had about maybe eight or 10 points. Okay. Um, a couple, couple mid range jumpers, jumpers, a couple oh, yeah. you know, rebounds. I think I got one block on them or something like that. A couple hard fouls and, you know, <laughs> just set your feet up. Yeah. You know, out there, set some screens, got our teammates open. So it was good. Yeah, I, I can imagine you two didn't say too many words back and forth. No, not too many words. You know, the, the whole <laughs> Michigan-Ohio State thing definitely was in the back of my mind as well. So I wanted yeah. to go out there and kind of hold my own and compete for sure. Yeah, you mentioned that was uh, Steph's rookie year as well. And you also had, I mean, I'm going through the roster, and it's, it's hilarious to me. Beadrin's, first of all, it's like, Oof. I don't know, one of the funniest <laughs> guys. I, I loved him back then. But yeah. you had Rajah Bell, Wacko Jackal, Steven Jackson and Monte Ellis, and I'm trying to picture those three guys just not making it easy on Steph. So, you know, when I got there is when they made the trade. So, Steven Jackson wasn't there. So, they oh, made the okay, trade, okay, okay. like, the first – I think it was, like, the first seven, eight games. So, Steven Jackson went there, but Monte Ellis was was there. Um, and, no, it was great. I mean, we really had some good vets on that team. Talk about guys like Corey McGay, Roger Bell, um, Beardrins, Ronnie Turioff. Um, some guys who, you know, were, were some really good vests at me. Devin George, he bought me my first custom suit um, in the league. So, no, that, that, was, that was a great experience. But, like, no, Steph was you, – you can tell he was different. Um, his talent level and everything and the way he carried himself, you can just tell that he was, he was different. Was you it know, just like dad. a – you could just sense it or, or kind of the way he carried himself or the way he went about his work or what was it? I think it's all of the above, the way he carried himself, the way he went about his work. And then when you see what he did on the court, it was like, wow, this is, this is, but you didn't know it was going to be this generational, transitional type player. 
um, that he's been has has become this icon type player. But you knew that it was he was going to be really really good, um, and, and it was going to be a, a special thing for him. So, no, I'm, I'm just excited to say I got a chance to you know catch a couple of passes for him, you know, set a couple of screens for him, and you know go over his house, play a little 2K back in the day. So that you know those type of things were you know special fun memories for me for sure. Who was the coach for you guys? So that was Don Nelson. Okay, that's what I thought. How how was he? Because we saw everyone's seen the transition of Don Nelson into your like Rasta uncle. <laughs> and he seems like he's I've heard a lot of different stories about him, but he seems like a, a real cool guy, but like kind of intense. Is that right? Yeah, I mean he he he's cool, he's laid back, but he has those intense moments. Like, you know, practices are not real crazy intense. You come in and get your work done, the offense is free flowing. Um, but he's uh He's he's a, a good guy. I could tell you one crazy story. I try to keep it as PG as possible. Okay, good. <laughs> with him, but I mean, one day I I don't know what it was. We had a practice. I don't know if it was after a long road trip or something. And I just came. In, I just was feeling just lethargic and didn't have that necessarily energy. But you know, he he made a joke like at least at least if you're gonna come in and, and, and be like like this, at least tell me you was out partying and drinking all night. I was like, coach, no, I just don't feel it. He was like, at least tell me that if you're gonna come in and you know, and, and look like this without this type of energy. But I was like, no, nah, I'm just, you know, just tired. He's like, at least tell me he was out partying and drinking and having a great time. Because like, he, he probably was. Because he my, probably was. My bet would be that he probably was. Yeah, but no, as far as, you know, being an innovative guy and, and coming in with fresh ideas and doing out-of-the-box out stuff as far as um, schematically on the court, you know, I learned a lot from that year, just thinking outside the box and doing some things that you would, would never – think that you could do on the court or different schemes defensively, offense, offensively. So, no, it, it was good, you know, and I was a part of um, the win that made him the winningest coach of all time, too, when we were uh, we were at Minnesota in the, at the Timberwolves. So I was able to be a part of that win. So, you know, it was special. You know, I got a, a chance to be a part of some cool stuff. Yeah, really, really definitely. Cool. Do you know, like, do you remember anything specific? Because I always love to hear, like, coaches' different perspectives and, like, different game planning because I always think everyone's regurgitating from before them or right next to them. Is there like anything you remember that was like really unique? Yeah, it was just some, sometimes it was some weird um, defensive things. Uh, we had a smaller backcourt. So sometimes we play some of those bigger backcourts. We used to do some weird things about trapping and, and overplaying guys to force them into the traps and like kind of pre-rotating into traps and things like that. So it was some of those kind of weird things that you would, you would uh, that I'd never experienced and, and wouldn't think that a coach would do that. It kind of really worked, and then just some offensive stuff. Really, just trying to spread that floor and, and and really take advantage of the spacing and the shooting, which you know we had a lot of on that team as well. Yeah, I got to ask you a million questions about you and your playing career. Well, we're gonna get you out of here. I got three quick hitters at the end, but I'm gonna add a fourth here because I think we got another connection. I play with Javon. Mm -hmm. um, but I think Mikey Harari was also a manager at the time you were there. Do you remember little Mikey? Well, Mikey, he might have been he might have been a freshman or something like that. I, I think so. Maybe. Yeah, he was. I mean, real short. You know, Jewish kid from New York with the glasses. I think. Yeah, Mikey was. <laughs> that, there. That's about all you you're describing. Fifty percent of the man. <laughs> <laughs> so true. No disrespect to them. We love them. Yeah, no hey, those are our guys, man. They yeah. put in so much work. So much work. So much work. Too much work, honestly. Yeah. All right. I got three quick hitters. Um, and we'll get you out of here. I really appreciate your time. All right. Number one, I asked this all the players, and it's been unanimous so far. And I 
I think it was there when you were there. Skeeps or Ricks? I've probably, I've only been to Skeeps as an undergraduate student. Really? That's interesting. Never went to Ricks. See, back in the day when I was there, it was Studio Four. So I don't know if Studio Four was there when you were there. Um, okay, I think they moved. The place that we went to, it was Studio Four, is now the location of Roof Chris on campus. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I had my 21st birthday party and all that's like hilarious. We went out, we went out to Studio Four, but I, I think a couple of times, but I, I would say skeeps. I think they shut down Studio Four when I was in school. I think that there's a, a, too many uh, violations, if you will. Yeah. If you know yeah. what I mean. So, it, it, that's it, how you know it, it was the spot to be when I was Yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. This one isn't super quick hitter, but your last game against South Carolina, I think, right? You said in the NIT in, in 2006. Take me through that moment when you lost and you're coming back to the locker room and, you know, it sort of hits you like your career's over or does it hit you? Like, take me through what you're thinking, sad, happy, relief, like what's going through your mind? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it hits you like for us, I think the game was out of reach a little bit, maybe like a minute left, mm. you know, we were down maybe eight or something like that. So it was kind of getting out of reach. And then you, when you sit there on the bench, it hits you. I mean, it's, it's some sadness, but, you know, it's kind of like the, the ending of an era. Um, it's, it's, it's sadness because, you know, this is your last time you're going to be able to put on a Michigan uniform and play with these guys. And, you know, a lot of guys you, you came in with for four years. So now it was some, some watery eyes for sure on the bench. there, just kind of taking in that moment that, you know, the, the finality of it, um, especially with a loss. And then, you know, going back into the locker room, you, you kind of feel those same feelings, but as you go through it, you kind of, you know, you embrace with everybody you need to embrace with and, and then you get excited about kind of what the future kind of holds. It's kind of that commencement moment, the, the ending of something, but the, the, the beginning of possibilities for what's, what's next. So, you know, th that becomes exciting as well. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. All right, last one. What is one thing you learned from your entire time now at Michigan that you that sticks out to you the most that you carry with you uh, to this day? Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's so much about um, the people that you have, you know, in your program and the culture that you try to build. I think, you know, when you really invest in everybody in your program, it, it, it shows. I think Coach Beeline did a good job of that with, like I said before, the, the staff and, and student athletes investing in those guys' success on and off the court. And then Jawan has, has brought that to another level as well as just investing in and caring about everybody who's about this program, making this really a, a, a true family and understanding that, you know, when people have that buy-in, that's when you can get the results that you need. And I think secondarily, it's, it's about the details um, about everything that you do. I think as a player, um, you understand how to execute those details and, you know, what coaches are coaching, but being against and, and with, you know, these coaches in the Big Ten and learning you know, how co different coaches do things in the Big Ten and being with Coach Beeline and Coach Howard, you understand why those details are so important. And, uh, you know, Coach Beeline ran a tight ship on and off the court details as far as everything that you did, walking in the building, stuff you wore, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. And, uh, you know, and Juwan is continuing that and adding his flavor to it. So I think just when you build a culture around, you know, the people and the details and getting people to understand why, you do the way you do, I think you'll have success. Yeah, no, great answer. Really good answer. Chris, this was amazing. Like I said, I could ask you a million other questions and talk some more. 
I got to try and make it up to a game this year and hopefully we can sure. chop it up a little bit when I get up there. But honestly, it was great. I really appreciate you coming on and hopefully I can have you on again down the road. Yeah, for sure. No, this, this was fun, man. Reminiscing and talking about this. I'm, I'm always willing to. Oh, yeah. Enable and, and it was great, man. You, you've been doing an excellent job. I've been keeping up with what you're doing. So thank you. Continue to have success for you, man. And, and this has been awesome. And like I said, part two, if you want to do it, let's get it done. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely do it. But like I said, I'll be up there and we'll, we'll talk then. But get some sleep. And here's to a Michigan win at Illinois. So let's knock go. on wood. We're going to have some success. For competitors only. Let's, for competitors only. Let's go. Exactly. All right. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys.